Oh my lord. Yay yay. Hello. Hey, what up? Oh yeah. We're so excited. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I literally was tired for like one second and now that I've seen you I'm like already awake. Ready. This is what it's about, people. This is what we're gonna do today. Alright. Happy Black History Month. We ain't whitewashing Yay. shit up in here. Let's get it on. Yo, I am so happy to have these warriors, these queens, these sisters on with me today. You have Keisha and Courtney b- 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 Banks up in here. I am so <laughs> glad to have them here wow. today. Yo, yo, I was looking forward to this for the entire week. Because I was just like, oh, I'm like, Mike, what am I going to ask him? Am I going to ask him my usual questions? Am I going to add a little bit of something? I don't know. And but by the way, anybody that's listening right now on the podcast forum, you guys better get up in here on the YouTube uh, version because after one hour, I'm cutting it off and we're going to continue. So if you guys want to do that, come on over to the YouTube side of the force. But I'm just letting y'all know. Bang, get in here. Hey, you know, check out what's happening. It's a party <laughs> over here, it's a party over there. Yo, <laughs> how, how are you both doing today? I, I'm going to say good. good. I think good. Yeah. Washed the dishes this morning. That was productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, took showers. That was good. That was, that was productive. Yeah. I, washed my, I washed my fake hair out yesterday, so that's ready to go. That's your real hair. This is my real hair, but I, I spent a lot of time yesterday washing my fake hair. That took longer than washing my real hair, but we're going to try some. Um, it ain't fake. Look, did you buy it? I did. I did. Then it's your it's hair. Great, it's be long blonde twist. So it'll be a new something different, you know? Cool. I like it. We're gonna try. Mm-hmm. All right. I just oh, want to okay. say hello. I'm sorry. I th- oh, we chilled. You know, we look forward, looking forward to this. Yes. Yeah. All right, so I'm just going to say hello to everybody that's in the chat. Miguel, good to see you. Uncle Warren, nice to see you as well. All right, who else is in here? Cape Socialist, hello to you, good person. Jenna, lots of love. Tony, what's up? Good to see you. All right, we have our people in here in the comments and in the chat. Good to see you all. Now... Uh, if any of y'all are not privy to this information, what the hell have y'all been? Um, the Bang Sisters, Courtney and Keisha, have their own channel on YouTube. And if you're not subscribed to them, I highly recommend that you do so. One of the reasons why is because they come at policy and news from a black woman's perspective on the left. And I think that is deeply important, especially in this space. Um, let's be real. There aren't too many of y'all. That's well, true. we there sure aren't. Good mm-hmm. lord. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to do like that. White men, so there's not too many of you either. So I mean, that's hey, mm-hmm. game recognized game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's not too many of us, but we're growing. Just to let everybody yeah. know, the JB Font Show is available on all major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, so you can subscribe to me there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network, so you can find me on the JB Show on there on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
and on the roundtables at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please make sure to give this video a thumbs up. If you're new to the channel, please to smush down that subscribe button. Please, please, pretty please with sugar on top. And if you do, I promise you cookies. Well, maybe. I can't give them through the screen, but, you know, it's the thought that counts. Uh, it just, <laughs> I love it. Don't we all? Hey. And also, okay. just to let you guys know, I want to give a shout out to all my patrons on Coffee. Thank you so much. If you guys noticed down there in the Chiron, their names are all listed below. As I would like to give them a warm thank you for their support, for helping me keep the lights on. Because if the lights go out, well, you ain't got no JB show. So just to let you guys know, thank you so much. Now, Courtney, Keisha. <laughs> uh, I just have a couple questions. Okay. First off, you started this channel talking about news, current events, and policy from a black woman's perspective. Can you give us a brief summary and how you got into that and what inspired you to move into this independent media space? Hmm. <laughs> okay, not twins. Uh, okay. Well, really what pushed us is uh, we lost all three. Well, I had three jobs. You had three jobs. Two jobs. Two jobs, and we lost them all at the beginning of the pandemic. So we had a lot of free time then, um, and uh, and then basically we we kind of I have, I was I did stand up comedy acting improv um, I used to have a podcast called Hot Chicks Aren't Funny and um, I've I've always kind of talked about really a lot of current events and politics and I've always been very interested in it mm -hmm. um, and we just sit around most of the time yeah. smoking and talking and that's just so much of what we've grown up with having rigorous just like debate all over our house so we were like yeah. mm, I guess we should talk about that mm -hmm. especially because we made the decision that we had to move home because we were living in Los Angeles and we had kind of a, a we did was, not agree about it we did it. not agree I did not want to go I'd only been there for two years so I mean I lived in DC for 15 years so I mean I guess that's kind of so I was always just around politics all the time everyone talks about politics I had a friend who like worked you know, on CNN, and like, you know, and then I dated a guy who was a, the political, like, photographer. Oh, I didn't know guy. about that. Oh, he's, that. Oh. Yeah, he's a photographer. oh. So, like, I don't know, just everywhere. And then, you know, and yeah, like you said, like, we just talk about it all the, all the time at home anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and I think part of what, part of what really sparked us to do it was kind of listening back to our own conversations, because we realized there aren't a lot of people that have our set of characteristics. Like we live in a rural place with not a lot of black people. We both mm. went to college, but our parents didn't go to college. Um, you know, our dad, our dad is, is our dad is working class. Our mom worked for the government. Like yeah. just uh, you know, ju we just have, and you know, we both had like all kinds of jobs. You know, from Hooters all the way up to corporate jobs. So we just realized that we kind, you know, that there must be other people like like us out there and we thought yeah. you know we can connect with people on a lot of different levels especially too because of our age and mm -hmm. i think for us a lot of our channel is i mean a lot of our channel is us doing stuff that we want to do <laughs> black <laughs> leisure black, black joy <laughs> like so you know you might go over there and not not get it right away but mm, that's not really up for us we are just trying to enjoy ourselves for the little bit of time we have since nobody in charge is going to do anything to save us 
So, um, but I think our perspective from the fact that I'm 33 now, or 34 now, and then Keisha is 41, we didn't really know each other that much, and we, but we both like experienced, you know, the recession in different ways, mm-hmm. and now going through the pandemic, I think, and um, going through the unemployment system, or we both had, uh, you know, like EBT at different times, like we just have a lot of parallel experiences, but we weren't having them concurrently, so it's interesting to kind of see that we both still kind of struggled in big cities, right. and how the recession, how the pressure to go to college, you know, all of these things, how they affected us. And we didn't really hear anybody from our age range even really talking about it. And not from this space of like, we want to be a journalist or we want to be like, you know, an MSNBC or something, but like, let's just talk about it. Like, let's just have a conversation like you would with your friends. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So from, from, so Keisha, you are the elder sister and um, Mm -hmm. Courtney, you're the younger sister. Typically a lot of times, uh, between those age ranges, there's typically what you see, not just among siblings, but different people that are, you know, within different age ranges, they'll say, oh, well, this person has a different set of values. That's why they weren't able to succeed in this, in this country, in this world. They weren't able, they just, you know, didn't put, push themselves as hard as they should have. But it's funny because you both saw the same issues Though you both have different personalities, you both have different drives a little bit, um, and you're both, you know, in a sense from, uh, dare I say, different generations a little bit? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So, but you both experienced the same thing. So, has there something that came into your mind going, wait, it may not be us, it may be the system? Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially so because I'm the older one, um, it took me longer to kind of to kind of get with it. Like I was, you know, I was just a Democrat for a long time and mm-hmm. I was very progressive, but I don't know if I would say if I had like like leftist or like radical or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It took me until the point of getting to um, just like <laughs> having nervous breakdowns and having all of these like terrible things happen to oh. me like through my job situations um, to really look back and think like, oh, well, you know, why is it that I've gone to college, I've done all these things, I've taken extra classes, I've improved myself all these different ways, mm-hmm. and I still don't make that much money, or I still don't have a 401k, or I wasn't mm-hmm. offered these certain things. Um, yeah, and I just, and then as far as court's concerned, I just said no, I, like, we would talk over the phone, and I just thought she was doing fine. Like, I had no idea what was going on in her work life, really. I mean, I, w- I, mean, I was in some ways because I was like, well, I, I've lived many lives. So I think, um, I, I think as a woman, I experienced a lot of uh, just, you know, prejudice and being held down and stuff. Because I, uh, when the recession happened, I was uh, in college. So about '09, I had like an internship. And it was supposed to be like for social media, and that's when I first got a Twitter. And I was like really into like learning how you can use Twitter to help your small business. And like, you know, I was like, I'm gonna be a business person and make business videos on YouTube and things like that. And you just think you're living one life, and then when actually asked, okay, how can I get to the next step? There was no one there to help me. A lot of people, I, I like, I was in a sorority. I was in a, a white sorority in college, and I was the president. And so I had a, a, a lot of relationship with our advisor. And I remember one time 
we were talking about after graduation and she was and she was like, hmm, well, Abby, I don't know, what should you do? We should think about that. And then she looked at me and she was like, Courtney, you know, you can figure your way out of a paper bag. I'm not worried about you. And that might sound nice, but she somehow Abby now has a six-figure job and has for quite some time. And nobody ever helps me connect with certain people at different companies or tell me, you know, people literally sometimes people are just told this is what you're going to do or this is the job that you need to do. And I think that um, because of things seemingly looking like I have everything handled, you know, and I think a lot of black women do that, people don't think that we need help. And also it's something in us to say, no, I do need help. Um, You know, it's that back and forth of almost not learning to be vulnerable because you have to be strong so often. And uh, like for me, I'm just the kind of person, I'm not as calm or patient. (laughs) So I've had a lot of, uh, so like after those experiences, like once that internship happened, like, the guy who was the boss of that, he just worked near the bone, and I was like, fuck this job, you know? I just, I could see things kind of, um, just, I hate things being unfair, and I hate people not getting a fair shake, I hate people lying to my face, and that's a lot of politics, so I think that that's why, you know, I get really involved in, in following, like, the leftists of it, but yeah. the thing that had to break me first was Obama, you know? I think yeah. I was very into him, and I think we yeah. all were. And once, once kind of he got out of office and you see what was happening with Bernie, it was just so rapid with how quickly I was like, oh, my God, we were duped and we, we were lied to. And what can we do about it now? And it smacks you right in the face that you're like, well, I mean, to me, it seems very clear that left progressive values are the way that we have to go because we yeah. haven't tried anything like that in this country. Yeah. Um, but it's like me and Keisha talk about that part a lot. It's the realizing you've kind of been duped into yeah. thinking that this meritocracy was going to work out yeah. and not holding that against yourself and going, okay, you know what? This is a systemic issue. And right. how do we look at that? And how can we fix that? And then seeing how the overlap that you have, you know, there's too many anecdotes for it to just be, yeah. you know, you know, just happening true. organically. Yeah. Very true. I love what Tony Plow actually said. Uh, Tony Plow said, that's the awakening when you realize you did everything they told you to do and it doesn't work out from what i mean it sounds like you both you know did the whole formula that we were told you 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 know did well enough in school you went to college you try to get a job out there in the industry you busted your hump and you grinded and you thought started a small business (laughs) yeah you wait what Small business, too? Yeah, when I was in, right after I left that company that was, like, just using me because all these start, all these small startups were, yeah. me and the other girl that interned there, we started our own kind of video production company, and our goal was to uh, help retain young professionals in Columbus, Ohio, because I went to Ohio State. And so we started partnering with all of these, like, young professional groups, and, like, by the time I left, the mayor wanted us to on this board to help main, retain all these people but by that point I was like mm-hmm. no I'm leaving I'm going to Los Angeles but because my business partner like she was the same way she was like oh it's just not working out we're not making any money yet and I was like we're not gonna make money just yet just hold on and mm-hmm. so even that in that way you know it's like you've got to have other people that are also there to take that step with you sometimes if you can't do it by yourself or yeah. so, so, willing so to put the work and the effort and the money into it right and mm-hmm. so I, it's just like 
you try everything, you know. I think mm-hmm. we, we, we attacked it from all yeah, angles. Yeah, we really have. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, Courtney, when you said that uh, a sorority sister said that you can you can find your way out of a paper bag. That was a very individualistic statement. And I find it funny because, you know, you get a lot of people who will say that to you and try to promote individualism, but then they use collectivism to get higher up in job positions. Because I I remember when I was going for a job and I had had to get a job coach because, you know, it was a program for disabled people so that we can get um, jobs. And she said... Said James, it's not about what you know; it's who you know that gets you into the the business. And so it was basically to me, it was like I could be the most qualified person, but if the person doesn't know me, I'm not getting in there. And that's kind of collectivist in nature. It's like, well, that person is going to assist you in helping you get to where you need to go. But how are you going to uphold an individualistic? type of mindset when you're using collectivism just to get ahead does it, it does does that make am i explaining that kind of right does that make kind of sen- yeah, sense yeah i mean it's the it's the idea when people when you realize like there is no meritocracy and everything is nepotism and everything is like somebody getting a handout or being helped well but then and it, it does rely on that that group you know you want to think that it is your individualism or your you're so creative or whatever but you do rely mm-hmm. on that group you know yeah. whether it be family friends a lot of sorority people family. that was the biggest thing like being in um a sorority like that it was just very interesting to see kind of just the interwebs and that's why i'm so interested when chris uh, hedges talks about this but like yeah. the interconnectedness of how you know more wealthy people they don't have to have all these meetings and they don't have to do you know they're on the same page they learned a lot of the same stuff it was ingrained you know for me as i felt like an outsider looking in but you definitely saw that net whether it be because they had known each other for a long time been from the same place went to the same clubs or their families did you know that something about it's like that net that they had to go back on propelled them so they're great yeah um so yeah hang on i have a troll in the comments that i need to get rid of um Uh, i see yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, i don't you know play people talking like that especially in front of you know women so but um i i i you know i get it because a lot of times you know what happens with um this system is they put you into it's kind of like throwing you into the lion's den, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So they. This is a lot of work for you. <laughs> yeah, I. Why are people what giving you a hard time right now? Yeah. <laughs> We're learning so much about live streaming. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't have um. Yeah, you are famous. You have trolls. That's true. I that did, is right. I did get a uh, lose yeah. twelve hours of my Twitter privileges defending oh, a troll against Jamie. <laughs> no, was that his? He went too far yeah. with me though. Yeah. It was no, it's just it, it, it's it. it's fine. It's just I um 
you are far... the must be getting famous though because that's I've yeah that's the wow. second troll then. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. It's just you know, uh, people don't realize that this is a uh, what you call which call it a a DYI channel where I am my own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, my own right, yeah, producer. I'm my own moderator. I'm my own everything. Um, every man. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, so for me, it's like this is all new. My channel's still brand new. <sighs> yeah, us too. Yeah, yeah, we we've never tried live streaming, so we oh. only ever do it to hang out with. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I actually like it better because I hate editing. I I can't mm. stand editing. I don't mind the editing. I don't I'm mind getting into it. it more. Right. I don't mind it, but it depends. Sometimes there's content where I'm like, okay, bang, know exactly how right. I want to edit it. It's done. Right now I'm working on something like a little bit more personal, and I'm like, I don't know what I want to put this out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, the editing yeah. Is, is rough sometimes. All of this is a lot of a lot of work. It's a lot I mean, of work. Yeah. And they keep making new social media things for you to do or adding new posts or polls or whatever. And you're like, am I supposed to be doing that? We have to right. make shorts yeah. now. Like, yeah. Yeah. It. You know what? This. This. It's still hitting me that this is actually uh, what I'm. What Raziel the Great said. I'm. It's still hitting me that. It's like, am I a business owner now? Like, am I an entrepreneur in that sense? And it's like, I guess, I don't know. But it's kind of weird when you think about it, because I'm just like, I never, I never truly wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm. But in a sense that the way capitalists put it, for instance, I wouldn't mind owning a piece of the company that I work for, you know? Right. In that aspect, but to have to own it all and run it all with all the stresses that come with it, that's something that I didn't want, you know. Well, that's I mean that's like that's like textbook being a, a person trying to get a job or working or anything right now. I, I feel like say the same thing. Everybody Ugh. has to have be like a media mogul for their for themselves to be even be like hireable for anything. It's so yeah. crazy. I went to school for like journalism or communication and I feel like I should have been a professional athlete or a model or something if I wanted to actually be a host or something. Like <laughs> you you have to like build this whole, you know, you have to come with a huge audience and now you have to, you know, know every single device, Snapchat. Right, yeah. Do a podcast and have mm-hmm. a channel. It's a lot. We have to be, yeah, too many jacks of all trades. But also, I mean, it's also interesting how they're pushing everyone into this, like, gig-based economy. Like, everyone... Oh, yeah. Everyone's got to have a bunch of gigs rather than just having one job (laughs) that gives you... That either gives you health insurance or the government gives us health insurance and you just, like, you know, don't have to stress yourself. I feel like people, they push so hard, like, oh, you know... I mean, look, I would love to have my own little company, too, but... I mean, it is a lot of work, and mm-hmm. it's hard to chase people down to get your money, you know, and it's hard to make enough money off of Fiverr to pay your rent. So, I mean, that's one of the big conversations about jobs, I think, that really got us mm-hmm. kicked off in terms of, like, on our podcast. Mm-hmm. We have a podcast called This Is Bullshit, 
Um, Mm -hmm. And we talk about it a lot on our channels too, but just the future of jobs and that you, you know, I mean, how much you have to, Mm -hmm. how how much you have to do just to have, like, you can't just have a job and walk away from it. You can't just like punch a clock and be done. And then like, you know, maybe get a little portion of the company or something for your productivity. Like, but I also feel like they push black people a lot to have to be Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. And that's one thing we always talk about is like, why can't we just chill? And so like one of our, and that goes back to this system of it, but you know, and also I think pointing out, programs that don't necessarily work and there's all this red tape you have to go through in order to get grants. Some people just want to go to their job yeah. and and go and home chill. and be able to have time with their, you don't have to, the black excellence thing right. kind of bothers me in that way, you know, where it's, we have to be hustling, we have to be Too hustling. Much, right. We black people Let's need rest. <laughs> yeah, we, we want to chill. We need time to like, you know, calm down and you don't have to be like, it's just everywhere you go, it's like, as a black woman, it's like, do you have to be a, an Instagram model? Do you have to be, it's like, what space are you supposed to be in? And it's just, it's so much to just want to be seen as a person, you know, that needs rest. <laughs> and maybe you just want to do one job. Yeah. Courtney, Keisha, can we talk about that for a second? The yeah. the, 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 the The facade of black excellence in this country? I, I liken it like this. Within this system, black excellence is basically who has the most resources no matter how they got it. Mm. And they just so happen to be black. black. They will put people like Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey on the top of black excellence and I'm like why do you think they're they have black excellence it's because they just have a lot of money because they're billionaires and by the way you can't become a billionaire without doing some exploitation so is that what you think is black excellence please please I mean the fact that Tyler Perry could be no one wants to have a conversation about why Tyler Perry for years and years and years didn't hire any other black writers just writing shows by himself, writing shows about black women by himself. You could be creating jobs. You could be giving people credit. You could, I mean, yeah. the, the selfishness, the egotism, the narcissism. But then we want to talk about, but then once that person's at the top, they are to be applauded. Right. But you are probably, st- I mean, listen, I worked in entertainment. I know some black people who want to, they're probably going to be famous and they will talk about black excellence. But I can tell you they have stomped down crabs in a barrel, pulled some bitches down. I am one of them. That they have done that too. <laughs> and and they're the first piece people to talk about some black excellence and all that stuff. And and for some reason you can't you can't see it person to person. Oh, let me help you give a, give you a ride. Let right. me hook you up with this a uh, job or whatever. It's got to be like, oh, once I'm at the top, then I'll reach back. <laughs> yeah, I can't possibly do anything for you until I get to the top. No, I mean that was the whole like issue with mutual aid. I mean. We have to help each other out on the way up. This is ridiculous. Right. Yeah, it's not going to be, oh, once I'm at the top, I get, I'll, I'll, I'll get you. Because you know what? They never reach back. Not a one. Well, okay. Maybe there are some, but there are very few. I don't think so. They're never reaching back. Once you get up there, you know, I was just listening to something the other day that said um, about how once people get rich, they actually lose their ability to, like, read facial expressions. Right. So it's like, that's like, there's like a study about this. So... 
you are losing a connection with people that you otherwise might have re reached back, you know, but you lose your empathy. And, yeah. And then actually they're trying to train everybody to do that right now because with the way that they, uh, with things that happened through the pandemic and the fact that they wanted to automate so much, mm -hmm. they basically do not want people to associate work with a worker. They right. don't want people to associate shelled stock with a person they don't want you have cash you know like when you get your door you get your stuff delivered they, they because if you see that there is an actual person who's delivering this stuff to you then when you read an article that says oh didn't uh doordash like aren't they only paying them like three dollars an hour or something like that like you can't you have to be able to relate it to a person they're trying really hard to cut all that off and it's working really well i mean amazon is opening up stores where you don't even have to ever see a person. You just scan everything yourself and walk right out. Oh, you don't it. even scan, you just walk out. Yeah. So, but the thing, yeah. <laughs> but the thing about black excellence, going back to that, yes, is sorry. I just think that they do look back in terms of, they look back on their lives, their struggle, struggle that was around them. But I don't feel like I see them calling out the systems or the people who, where, where are, but why isn't Whoopi Goldberg calling out Joe Biden instead of running cover for him? You know? Look. I mean, yeah. why are we talking about, I mean, whatever, you can have whatever conversation you want about Joe Rogan, but why are people holding him to this account, but not the president, not the Speaker of the House, not right. the, the CDC? Like, I just don't understand why we don't have the same heat for the people who are supposed to be guiding and especially, you know, the black the black elite with mm -hmm. black excellence, you know, they're the ones who actually have any power. Some sort of, you know, they can talk to them. <laughs> they yeah. have access to we them. We can't get in there. They're not listening to us, so. They don't want to mess that up. I mean, that's why. We know why. That, they don't want to mess that up. I know. You know why I'm smiling? <laughs> why? Because you two keep hitting the nail on the head every single <laughs> time. And I even had to say shit. <laughs> we encourage cussing. That's good. Gotta get Courtney and Keisha, baby. That's black excellence. Dan, that's you watch it. Question. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, you asked a good question. Yeah. It's not us. So, gosh, this 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 conversation goes so many ways, and I got to get back to my questions. Holy shit! <laughs> Y'all come back on. <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is, is that it, it's always. I reference um, Fred Hampton, what he said, we're not going to beat capitalism with black capitalism, we're going to beat it with socialism. You can't just make a different version of it to fight it. People people will reference the fight fire with fire. And either way, something's going to get burned if you fight fire with fire. Somebody's going to get burned. Yeah. You need to have the, antith the antithesis of it. I couldn't even say antithesis for some reason. For is whatever, I can't talk today. But <laughs> it's like, oh, if a piece of wood is on fire, you're gonna throw water on it. You're not gonna put fire on it to try to get the fire out. Mm -hmm. And as far as black excellence goes, there's this. I, I have a feeling, and since we're going into Black History Month now, a lot of black people, and I also fault a lot of black leaders, into assisting in the whitewashing of black revolutionary figures that we've mm -hmm. had in the past. 
because I don't see BET talking about Dr. King being a socialist and talking about um, trying to change and improve the material conditions of the people in this country by means of health care, pay, you know, how they're paid, housing, things like that. Like, they don't mm-hmm. talk about that. They talk about only the racial aspect. Right. You know? It seems like, I mean, all of those things are arms of the elite, right? I mean, it just mm-hmm. makes me think back to, I used to always do so many different, like, Black History Month things or, like, write, you know, like, write essays. And, yeah. Uh, the NAACP would put things on. But, yeah, I mean, there's a certain focus about it that, that they want. And it just makes me think of so many things, like, you know, the 94 crime bill with the yeah. Congressional Black, Black Caucus. You know, I feel like white people and even black people as well, they always reference, well, this such and such black group was okay with it. This such and such black group was okay with it. Okay, yes, but what are what uh, do they want? What do those elite groups want? Because they seem to be working quite in tandem with what the a white elite also wants, mm-hmm. you know? And it seems like they, so then when they have these honors or these ceremonies and things like that, we feel like we're being recognized and seen, but it is because of our race when the economic portion of it, where is that being discussed? Where is the heat for that being pressed? Which it could be, that could be done, mm-hmm. but really, but it doesn't seem like, I mean, that never happened. No, um, when you're talking about black capitalism, um, I, I didn't finish watching this clip, but um, Chico Bean, I guess, on Charlotte, I don't who I don't know who he is, but anyways, he's a funny guy on Charlemagne's show. Um, his new show? His new show, the one that looked like a gamer thing. Um, he was interviewing some professor who was talking specifically about black capitalism. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't get, I wish I could have watched the whole thing, but um, the way the professor was talking about it was crazy to me. Like exactly what you're saying about throwing wood onto the fire. Like he just had this idea that um, we could capitalism, black capitalism, our way out of it. Like, you know, I mean, he did mention how, of course, in other cultures, they're very good at, like, only hiring their own people, keeping their money within their communities and their, you know. Um, and, you know, as black people, we've been trained not to do that. So that's not, you know, I mean, we can try as much as we can now, but we're so far behind. So mm-hmm. it's got to be socialism. It can't be this crazy black capitalism where only a few black people are gaining a ton of wealth. And then what? Like, what are they? Are they disseminating it to all the other black people? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like... It needs to come from a government point of view. It can't be this capitalism bullshit. Yeah. And and somebody's always going to be in like the black in our position. Like even if we were to claw our way out, which we can't, we're so far behind financially. Like they look at how many tactics they use just to get us to this point. You know, they when we did try black capitalism, they burned down those cities and those towns and those industries. We you know, try. or they'll steal an idea, or they'll, you know, I mean, there's so many different things that different ways they created an entire industrial you know prison system uh-huh. in order to hold us back i mean that's and use, how and use our labor for, for free so mm-hmm. i mean it's it's you know it's got to be socialism because it's any other way it does seem like yeah they're they're gonna find ways to take that apart yeah definitely thank you so much for that um yeah because i i'm i'm tired of 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 our brain still being on the plantation in that way. Um, and so when it comes to the system that we're in, I ask black people, 
how did we get here? Like, literally, how did we get here? How did our ancestors get here? And people will scoff at the idea that it was capitalism that brought us here. But a lot of those slave masters, they didn't bring us here because they hated us. They brought us here because it was free labor. Right, we're tools. Yeah. And so because of that, capitalism is a system that dictates that you have to reduce the amount of cost as much as you can so that you can bring in as much profit. That right. means and knowing that you have now conditioned your mind that somebody has to be that tool. And so because of the color mm-hmm. of our skin, they could very easily distinguish that. Bam, there you go. There you, you know go. I mean? There goes a tool right there. Yeah. Great. I'm going to just completely disassociate myself, even though I'm going to rape your women and I'm going to rape your men. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to totally be totally envious <laughs> of you and, and all of your your talent <laughs> and steal every talent that you have. Yeah. yeah. Even Great. on TikTok. But yes, yeah, you know, and it's true, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I say it would behoove us as a people to reject the system that has subjugated us in, under these conditions. But don't you also think, if, I'm so sorry, you know, don't you also think, if capitalism were going to save us at this point, we do have a lot of rich black people. Uh, I mean, where are they then if capitalism is going to save us? Mm -hmm. Because what are we waiting for us all to get rich? That's not going to happen. Because white people didn't get rich on their own. Asian people didn't get wealth on their own. It's systems put in place because they want to make sure that they, you know, I mean, um, I know a lot of Asian communities, they will have people sleep at their churches or something so that they don't have any homeless people. And we don't have any of those systems in place. So you have to have some system help looking out for you in order to build that wealth yeah and yet and it's funny because there's still white people out there that are poor and homeless mm-hmm. there are still sure. poor asian people out there and homeless asian people out there we may not see them as much but they're still out there mm-hmm. so how has capitalism helped them ultimately mm. i see what you're saying right it hasn't all right, when it so, comes down to it, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we nailed that to the ground. I'm glad that point was nailed down to the ground. <laughs> Indeed. It's just like what Jane Elliott says. She said, make the point and then nail it down. Mm, love it. Mm-hmm. That's I what like we got to do. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. Okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is a question that I wanted to ask you both. What is some advice that you would give, especially to black and brown women who want to venture into this space? Oh, this is what I would say to us. Just do it and don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Don't over edit yourself. Um, act like a white man when you're editing things. Just just say it. Just you know, they don't they don't think about they don't have any this is a term that I used to say to Keisha yes. growing up. Because I had noticed that white men do whatever the fuck they want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just gonna think like that. And really honestly, like we, we hosted for Jesse Dollamore's channel, we guest hosted and it was the hardest thing ever. 
because first the first day we were just kind of our ourselves and we just went with it and then we read some of the comments and it it was I, I don't know if it was because we're black women or what it was, but I do feel like when it's a white guy saying something, it's taken with with less question. Yes, mm-hmm. you know they don't ask about the credential. They don't yeah, want to see. Much. Don't want to see which article you're referencing. Sorry, is our sound echoey? Do we need to turn it down? No, you sound fine to me. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Is there an echo? Um, yeah, it might just be on ours. Let me turn it down a bit. Um, yeah, I mean. Um, okay, your advice. Let's see. Um, hmm. Don't um, don't be afraid to say no to things. I guess is a is a good one. Um, I think there were a lot of things that we might have wanted to do or we had thought about doing, but the timing wasn't good, or you know, we didn't feel like it would necessarily serve. You know, we didn't feel like we were ready for it necessarily. Um, what else? Hmm. Think just do it to the thing. Just do it. You yeah. probably have a, a a perspective that I mean, it's just so interesting. Like I think I don't know if it's women, black women, or what it is, but to think like, should we do this? I don't know. Do people want to hear what we have to say? I just am like, yeah. white guys never sit around thinking like, I don't know. Do they need one more white guy's opinion? <sighs> like, no, they never do. They're like, no. let me hop into this conversation, and we yeah. we need to be hopping into the conversation, yeah. you know, yeah. because I think I mean one thing about like one thing we talk about all the time is how on the right they have so many different personalities like there's a gun toter there's a you know bear mom or whatever there's a you know this the, dad regular dad you know, plaid shirt there's the rv person there's like you know all these crazy people and someone someone's going to connect with each one of those and like you know something that you always talk about is how they shun cardi b so hard you know on the left, <laughs> on the left. like i mean like they could have you know she did a great little interview they could have used her fame and fortune to help them along on the, uh, as Democrats and they didn't want to. So I think, you know, everybody has, yeah, everybody's got like something cool to say or a different voice or a different, like, you know, I mean, there's that, that one girl on Instagram, the black forger girl. I mean, all she does is talk about freaking berries, but like, I don't know. Like, I mean, everyone's got something. So yeah, just do it, I guess. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, it just helps all of us see, you know, what else is going on out there. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't want to say humanize black people, but so many people think sure. about us just in, in a monolith and that, you know, I mean, we're so alien to so many people because, you know, we're out here in the cut and we, I don't know, we're just weird. And <laughs> I'm like a total swear. And stuff. But I just think like the way we grew up is different, but yeah. some people don't even think about that. Some people are like, oh, aren't all, all black people only live in one place or only like one kind of thing. And so just, you know, your voice is needed and it will help somebody else change their perspective. Mm-hmm. I think when, Yeah. We're definitely not on the monolith, and we're not all from Wakanda, whatever. <laughs> Gosh, people. But well, wasn't that the origin? <laughs> <laughs> the origin of all black people was Wakanda, yes. Or Zamunda, whichever, you know, lore you're into. Well, whichever flavor, right, right. Mm, I'm more Zamunda, I guess, God, that's a tough call, though. It's like, Zamunda, like... Mm, I didn't like the old way... school. I, Zamunda, you wouldn't have to interact with, like phones and stuff like it'll be like you know more old it was futuristic yeah, they had trains yeah, they had the magnets they had everything so it's like do you want to go to like an olden time or you can just like run with lions or do you want to my issue with the wakanda of it all was that it wasn't michael b jordan's character's fault 
okay? He was out there left alone, and they should have gone and got him and yep. cared for him. Mm-hmm. He he was just retaliating because he was left. I just he like needed him. a hug. He just needed a hug. He just needed like them it. to say like, oh. I began to give like, Michael B. Jordan a hug. <laughs> Who wants to volunteer? Who wants to volunteer? <laughs> I volunteer. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> I know we need some. <laughs> He should used to get for real trouble talking about Michael B. Jordan around the boyfriend, so we better talk. Girl, girl is tall. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, and I, I want to get to this point. And, and I, I told this to a friend. And I'll say this out loud. Because I want this to resonate. Especially not just to women, but to also black women and brown women. I can't wait until there is a time when you stop apologizing for your existence. Men like me, and especially white men, do not have to apologize for their existence. So why should you? There is no reason to, because... Ultimately, we all came from black women anyway, if you really want to be real about it. So, I, I that's one of the things that I think that... You belong here. You belong here. We appreciate that. Mm-mm. Because... Yeah, that's... Uh, and, and this is coming from a queer black man that is in this space right now. When I first started watching the left indie media space, I didn't see any of me. Well, okay, Nico House, pretty much that was it, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't see any Keishas. I didn't see any Courtney's. I didn't see any Sabbies. I didn't see any Kims. Right. I didn't see none of y'all. I didn't see any Afinis. I didn't see any Josanas. I didn't see any of y'all. Right. And the notice, the, the silence from women, black women and brown women was loud. And so this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. Because I want that silence to be broken. That silence needs to be broken. And really, not to sound weird, but this podcast is kind of a love letter to my sisters, you know, um, as your brother. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have this as well. And I asked these particular questions. Because I want people, including people who are white, this is not to, you know, separate anybody at all. If you're someone who wants not just a liberation for black people, for brown people, but for poor people, you know, around the world, because I'm not just talking about people who are here in America, I'm talking about people around the world because our imperialism here in the United States subjects people to oppression around the world. Come into this space. If you're trans, come into this space. If you're queer, come into this space. If you're woman, come into this space. 
even if you're a, a straight white guy, but you want to see liberation for us to come into this space, do it. Because we have to be vocal against this system. And we need as many voices as we possibly can from not just from ourselves, but from allies, too. I mean, that's that's honestly what I think. Yeah, I would love to see. I don't know. Just when you said that white guys could come into the space, too. It just made me think, like, I would love to see a show where, like, a white guy was, like, just, like, properly explaining explain things only to other white people specifically. Like, OK, this is why this is bad. This is why this person is mad. Here's the context for this. So that as black people, like, if you ever listen to um, Code Switch or um, what's the one with uh, Hari Kondabalu, um, anyway, that was, they have, like, a hold up, wait a minute part where they have to stop and do an explanatory and explain the black thing. So I'd rather just, like, maybe just one guy, white guy can just take his time and just explain yeah. all the things so we don't have to. A lot of them are going to have to do that. Also, just to the commons, mm-hmm. I know, obviously, don't, like, be racist and all, like, imperialist and all that. I just mean oh, don't, those white don't overthink everything you're saying or question yourself or discount yourself because I can tell you very often, uh, like, mm-hmm. rich white guys don't. They don't question yeah. if, their, a, if their point of view is valid, and that's something, mm-hmm. that's what I mean. There, is, there is a very specific, I mean, you can just see it in daily life, like, white men i mean just when you think that when you when the whole world is telling you that you are the top there's a certain level of stress that you just never even come into contact with like it's just like there's you're on a different level of like relax already and then that's that's what she means like you know what i'm saying like there's something to just like being like like i am untouchable like it's a if you can't can't explain it we're not saying take the crappy parts of it take the good parts guys take the take the take the confidence but see even this is having a discussion where it's you know like now we're talking about you know what what it really what does it mean to think like a white guy i guess but you know that's something that just helped me get through because that's a lot of what i saw was just a lot of white guys just doing whatever the hell they want and it's just like why can't we do that right why can't we say what we think i have a show idea what is it okay all right. And this is exclusively, especially for straight white guys who are in the left. I actually want to see them do this. I want them to go out into a public area with a microphone and a camera. And they ask random white people. Do you think there's any reason to have slavery in the United States? And then the white person will say, no, we shouldn't have slavery. We got rid of it years ago. There's absolutely no reason. And then you quote the second part of the 13th Amendment to them about slavery being uh, allowed under reason for conviction and, and, and for a reason for a crime. Right. And then if they go, well, then they shouldn't have done the crime in the first place. Then that's when you turn around and go. So you do believe there is a reason for having slavery in the United States. Mm. And then watch them squirm. And start flipping the shit. And let me tell you, that would go viral. Because now you're, you're putting a spotlight on something that is in our 
imperfect document made by imperfect men and showing how wrong it is to have that exception in that amendment. You're showing the flaw in that reasoning. And I would love, part of the reason why is because there is a certain amount of privilege that white men do have. And I would love to see that privilege used for liberation instead of oppression. And that's an idea that I have for a show. And I think it would be something that'd be cool to see if an ally actually did that. It, wouldn't it be cool to see somebody like Jordan Sheridan or somebody or or somebody like Jackson Hinkle or or Jimmy Dore do something like that? Like I, I and and people will be like, well, we don't want them. It, it, whoever, any, I just named the first white guy that came off the top of my head. Okay. Right, 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 right. But that's something. It's like, what are you using your privilege for? They actually have something like that for PragerU, kind of. Kind of. We've been yes. we've been looking at a lot of you know, researching all the stuff that they do, but yeah, person on the street kind of uh, thing is very yeah. I mean, this is the, these are the kind of ideas that we need so we right. can get more eyes. Yeah, know? I mean, if you guys don't know what's going on as far as like conservative media, they're I don't know where they got all this money from. Black white people have magic, I guess. If you've seen Lovecraft Country, so. I don't know, but they're making an insane amount of content. And that's another thing. When we say also, like, if you want to start a channel, just do it. Um, really, if you look at the kind of stuff that's out there, like, there are very many different levels of quality and production value and all that. So, you know, that's another level of just do it. I mean, they have – conservative media has some stuff out, like, on their crazy Prager U channel that is terrible animation. So like, just – I mean – it's just really, they're taking every opportunity to reach out to people. They don't care how they do it. They are just getting it done. Right. We have children's books. If anybody wants to start making a children's book for the left, you know. Please get on that. Get on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have a show that's kind of like that one that you're talking about, Jay, um, on the Daily Wire. And, I mean, yikes. Yeah, they would have to actually interact with people. That's the scariest part. Yep. <laughs> going to be a brave white man because who's going to do that? Mm-hmm. Hey, but you know what? That's how we'll get to heaven, I guess. Get your points in, you know? Yeah. Margo, I, I love you. <laughs> Margo's my homie. She's in the chat, too. <laughs> I love Margo. She's awesome. Um, But, yeah, you know what? I, I think that would be a, an idea for a show. Uh, anybody that's listening right now on the podcast form, uh, we're approaching an hour uh, so if you guys want to listen to the rest of this, well, y'all better be getting on the YouTube side. But um, for you guys that are listening on the podcast episode, I'll see y'all later. <laughs>